Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisano, and today we're going to look back on the first quarter to gain a better understanding of where markets might be headed in the months ahead. Now, make no mistake, the start of the year has been quite unsettling for many investors. Between inflation, disappointments, bank failures, and general uncertainty about about the economy, many individuals are questioning whether to stay committed to their long-term investment plan or to get out of the markets altogether. Even so, today we'll talk about several factors that we believe could provide markets with a silver lining that leaves us cautiously optimistic on the direction of risk assets for the year. And in today's episode, we'll also cover several steps you can take to shore up your financial plan and investment strategy as we move into the heart of the second quarter. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. If you had to guess how financial markets performed in the first quarter based solely on news headlines, what would you find? Well, you probably would find that performance was likely quite poor, right? Well, the truth is that markets held up quite well in the first quarter, but I wouldn't blame you if you guessed that it was just another disappointing repeat of what we saw last year. To be sure, after news of markets swooning back and forth on optimism and then pessimism on central bank policy, stubbornly high inflation, the prospects of another banking crisis, and the ongoing talks about a recession, there certainly is a lot for the markets to be worried about these days. Even so, market sentiment has remained buoyant this year, even as a host of worries continue to capture news headlines. So given how resilient markets have been in the first quarter, the big question now is, where do we go from here? Indeed, could the positive start to the year be a sign of a sustained risk asset rally through the end of 2023? Well, the short answer is maybe. Well, you see, while markets have taken many of this year's bad events in stride, history tells us that we're likely not out of the woods yet as far as how outstanding negative events could dent market sentiment in the future. Even so, it's possible that investors could look past historic precedent on their way to a renewed rally after last year's bear market sell-off. Now, truth be told, where the markets land by the end of the year is anyone's guess. If I had a crystal ball and could tell you where the markets are headed with certainty, I'd likely be one of the richest men in the world. Even so, one factor likely to drive market direction either higher or lower this year is inflation. And why is that? Well, that's because inflation is affecting all of our lives in material ways. Certainly weeks ago, we saw headlines about how basic staples like a dozen eggs and snack foods, like a seven and a half ounce bag of your run-of-the-mill potato chips fetched as much as $7 each. And these anecdotes only point to the broader problem of housing affordability, the price of new and used cars, and how expensive many of the goods and services we depend on have become over the past few years. Now, at this point, the key issue for the markets is that if policymakers demonstrate that they can't get inflation under control, then we'll likely have a new set of challenges to deal with. Now, the truth is that inflation is a phenomenon that we've had to deal with for time in memoriam. However, the reason that inflation is a concern right now is because when consumer expectations of inflation remain elevated, or what policymakers call unanchored, it has a lot of unintended economic and social consequences. And while inflation has been slowing in recent months, according to the University of Michigan's latest survey of households and individual inflation expectation, the data show that inflation expectations remain quite elevated, even as headline inflation continues to fall. Indeed, in its February 
Inquiry Survey, data show that consumers expect inflation to end around 4% in about a year from today. And while this expectation is an improvement from the 5.5% level we saw last year, it means well above the 2.5% figure that we saw in the months just before the pandemic started. Now, at the same time, the Richmond Fed's quarterly survey of CFOs shows that business leaders expect inflation to remain around 5% for the coming year. What this means is that households and business expectation surveys are still way above the Fed's 2% inflation target. And the point here is that the data show that the air has yet to come out entirely out of the inflation bubble, especially when it comes to what people expect about inflation. And as we've pointed out in previous reports, inflation tends to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is why officials are so keen to put it and expectations about inflation to bed. So what does this mean? Well, it means that as long as the data continue to show that inflation is still running hot and workers and business owners alike are feeling it, then policy rates likely will need to remain higher for some time so that the U.S. economy will eventually slow to the point where prices are less of a concern and staying solvent is. Now, the thing about the Fed pushing rates higher is that it has a knock-on effect across all aspects of the financial system, especially in the bond market. You see, in this sleepy corner of the markets, when interest rates go up, the price of bonds go down. And under normal circumstances, these price swings are par for the course when it comes to investing. But what's different this time around is that U.S. banks hold a lot of treasuries or U.S. government bonds as assets on their balance sheets. Now, banks hold these assets for a variety of reasons, but one of them is to assure that they can absorb losses in the event of an economic downturn. And typically, when the Federal Reserve tightens its policies, banks and other financial institutions are able to look past the falling value of their bond portfolios as interest rates move higher in steady fashion. Now, that's not what happened here over the past year as officials raised rates aggressively, catching some banks flat-footed. Indeed, what we learned in March is that many U.S. banks had become overly complacent with how they manage their otherwise boring bond portfolios, contributing to the failure of several highly visitable banks and sparking widespread worry that a financial crash was on the horizon. Now, while policymakers were able to quickly avert a widespread crisis following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the event itself has sparked greater caution across the broader banking system. For example, financial institutions on the whole are now tightening lending standards and granting fewer loans. What's more, many of these organizations have announced layoffs across various lending groups, including mortgage and auto lending, and are increasing their loan loss reserves in anticipation of borrowers simply giving up on their expensive loan payments. Now, on the surface, a decline in lending activity is generally bad for the economy. That's because when it's more challenging for a business to obtain financing to keep its operations going, managers tend to lay off employees to free up working cash flows. And when households are facing potential job losses and the prospect of lower available credit lines when banks are tightening lending standards, consumers tend to spend lower as well. Now, the silver lining here is that falling bank lending, slower business and consumer spending, and slower economic activity in general can have a more significant effect on curbing inflation than a central bank solely pulling the levers of higher interest rates. And what this means is that if banks aren't lending as freely as they were because now they're worried about a recession, then businesses and consumers alike are likely to spend less on goods and services, which could cause the rate of inflation to slow further in the months ahead. 
So where does all of this leave us in terms of the market outlook for the coming year? Well, market participants so far have been able to look through all the worries about the banking sector, which is evidence in the positive performance that we saw in risk assets during the first quarter. Even so, inflation continues to remain the dominant catalyst for whether the markets manage to move higher throughout the second quarter of the year and beyond. That's because investors are primarily focused on what the Fed will do next, and taming inflation remains the Fed's number one priority for the year. Now, some may argue that inflation is, in fact, coming down, but the reality is that it's not falling as fast as policymakers would like. And that's one reason why so many Fed officials remain vocal about the central bank's need to continue raising interest rates this year. Even so, many investors are looking past what the Fed will do in anticipation that tighter bank lending standards and the potential for lower spending amidst recession worries could give the Fed less of a reason to continue raising interest rates later this year. And when the Fed stops raising interest rates and finally signals that it's ready to ease its grip on a tighter monetary policy, that likely will be the moment when investors begin to breathe a sigh of relief and risk assets subsequently take off. Now, with that said, history has shown that sustained market rallies generally do not take place until the Fed begins cutting its interest rate policy. And again, based on what we've been hearing from various Fed officials in recent weeks, rate hikes are likely still on the table. So then where does this leave the markets? Well, you'll likely recall that markets are often considered to be discounting mechanisms because they incorporate all available information and more importantly, expectations about future events into current asset prices. In other words, market participants use all available information to make informed decisions about the value of a particular asset and these decisions are reflected in the market prices. So then from this perspective, we can argue that risk asset prices have been moving higher in recent months because investors anticipate an eventual rate cut by the end of the year. Now, whether inflation is tame enough by the end of the year to warrant rate cuts is hard to say. And that's because few things about how the economy has functioned recently has not been standard textbook over the past few years. Either way, market participants are likely now betting that a credit crunch and the prospect of an economic recession could be enough to cause policymakers to finally pivot to rate cuts, confirming investors' expectations, and supporting the current market rally through the end of the year. So what does this mean for your investments? Well, a great deal of uncertainty remains about the timing of the change to Fed policy. Remember, markets have been betting that the Fed would pivot and start cutting interest rates nearly a year ago. And the fact is that every time they made this bet, they were wrong and risk assets sold off sharply as a result. Indeed, what last year's market experience taught us is that even the brightest and most talented professionals got many of their bets wrong. Therefore, if you're trying to time your way into and out of the market based on Fed policy, it will likely cost you more than you will gain over the long term. At the same time, what this outlook means to you is that it's essential to stay invested for the long term and avoid the temptation to hide in cash. To be sure, while concerns about a broader banking collapse and the prospect of a recession are warranted, it's worth remembering that we've been through worse over the past few years and markets have nevertheless charged higher. Either way, the big takeaway here is that there's a reason to remain optimistic about the markets in the year ahead, but until we get clarity on the path of inflation and hence Fed policy, trying to get cute in the markets likely will cost you more than it's worth. Now, as we wrap up our outlook for the quarter, let's quickly cover some financial planning topics that will set you up for success into the remainder of the year. To start, take a moment to review your investment and retirement portfolio. 
You know, the recent positive market performance has offered a unique opportunity to rebalance as asset prices have moved higher this year. So if you haven't done so already, take a moment to consider your current holdings versus your target allocation and sell positions that have done well and add to those that are under allocated. Now, why would you want to do this? Well, remember that over time, the performance of different asset classes can vary, causing your portfolio to deviate from its long-term target allocation. And with many risk assets rallying into the start of the year, now may be a time to check whether your current holdings especially in your employer-sponsored retirement accounts, reflect your long-term asset allocation strategy. Now, the next planning topic to consider is your estimated quarterly tax payments. Now, with tax season largely behind us, now is a great time to ensure that you're prepared to make your estimated quarterly tax payments for the month of April if you haven't already done so. And why is this important? Well, making estimated quarterly tax payments to the IRS can help you avoid any penalties for underpayment of taxes, help you better manage your cash flows, and stay organized with your finances if you owed money in the past few years. And by making regular tax payments, you can track your tax liability and avoid any surprises at tax time as well as spread out your tax payments throughout the year to avoid a large unexpected tax bill next April. Now, the next thing you may want to consider is that if you have RSUs or restricted stock units from your employer that have vested in the first quarter, now may be a great time to consider your options for your holdings. And if you need pointers on understanding or managing your equity award, be sure to check out the resources we published the last quarter about managing this critical component of your overall compensation. Either way, the recent run-up in risk assets may provide you with a great opportunity to lock in your company's stock at a higher price level, given that we anticipate increased levels of market volatility into the rest of the year. And the last thing to consider here is that with market and economic volatility likely to remain elevated in the months ahead, it's crucial now more than ever to have an adequate cash buffer that you can rely upon. And why is that? Well, picture this. You run into an emergency like a medical bill, your furnace needs replacing, or you're dealing with an untimely car repair. So how are you going to pay for these expenses? Add in the potential for a recession, job loss, or reduced income, and you could find yourself between a rock and a hard place. But guess what? With a cash buffer, you've got some breathing room. Indeed, a cash buffer will allow you to cover your living expenses while you search for a new job or adjust your budget, all without the stress of piling on more debt. Indeed, having a cash buffer means you likely won't need to rely so heavily on borrowing money to pay for unexpected expenses. And this is important because with tighter lending standards already underway, getting credit becomes more difficult when you need it most. Now, taken together, the first quarter of 2023 demonstrated that markets can, at times, remain resilient despite ongoing challenges such as high inflation, bank crises, and the potential for a recession looming in the background. That's why, as we move forward through the rest of the year, it's essential to keep a close eye on these factors and remain vigilant in monitoring how they may impact your finances. Now, despite the uncertainty, it's critical now more than ever to maintain a long-term perspective and avoid knee-jerk reactions based on short-term market fluctuations. Indeed, by focusing on a holistic financial planning approach, you can prepare yourself for both the ups and downs of the markets and ultimately build yourself a more secure financial future. This approach includes revisiting your investment portfolio to ensure that it aligns with your long-term goals, making timely quarterly tax payments, managing your RSUs wisely, and checking in on your cash reserves. And by addressing these essential planning items, you can optimize your finances and navigate the potential market and economic volatility that's coming with greater confidence and peace of mind. In the end, while the markets may continue to test your nerves with its unpredictable twists and turns, a well-rounded financial plan coupled with a steadfast commitment to your long-term goals can help you see through even the most challenging of times, but most importantly, take you one step closer to becoming the master of your financial independence journey. 
Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.